Real Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Welcome to Real Cuff Radio. And tonight, I thought I was just going to be interviewing another author until I started going through and I realized I know this person. I've actually listened to his uh, radio show on Moody Bible Institute, um, which, by the way, Julie, my wife, she graduated from there. But uh, his show I've listened to, and then my other was favorite one was uh, Kirk Goff Live, which is, is no longer on there. Or, well, they're playing the reruns right now, but basically he moved down to florida so you do you've got a lot more stuff than just writing books i mean you you do radio shows it looks like were you the announcer for adrian rogers that's right that's right yeah i I have nine kids so i have to stay busy Uh, yeah that was another thing i was going to miss nine kids you're way (laughs) ahead of us by let's see we're, we're up to four so so i have chris Fabry on the line and uh yeah, so your show is Chris Favory, uh, the, the Chris Favory Show on Moody Bible Institute. Right, yeah, Chris Favory Live, and we try to do it live. Every, every now and then we don't we don't make it. But it's great to be with you, Todd and Julie. Thanks for having me. Well, so today we're here to talk about a book called Overcomers, which the movie comes out tomorrow with the Kendricks brothers. And we're all excited about that because so far everything we've seen with the Kendricks brothers we have really enjoyed. Would you tell us a little about the novelization part of this? Because that's the first time I've really heard of that. Yeah. Now, a lot of people ask that question, like, how does that, they, so they, they do the movie first and then you write a novel, because usually it's the other way around. And the way I like to uh, explain it is the, the Kendricks come up with the idea, they come up with the fence line around the story, and then they put me in the middle of the pasture, lock me in, and let me just play, you know. <laughs> and so they make all of the hard decisions about the plot, uh, things that are going to happen in the plot, and who lives, who dies, who <laughs> who uh, has a has an awakening and may come to God or not. And then I get to kind of flesh that out. There are only so many things you can do in uh, an hour and a half or two hours in a film. But in a book, on the page, I can ask a bunch of questions. So, for example, with War Room and Miss Clara, I watched the film and the the rough cut of the film, and one of the first questions that came to me was, here is an older woman in a two-story house, and she has to go upstairs and pray. She's going to fall one of these days. Why is she in that house? And so I, I asked that question. There must be some history with this house, and so we went into that. Same thing with Overcomer. It's this you know, story about a young girl, and, and she's had a hard life, and, and she wants to run, and she's got asthma, so she's got two strikes against her already. And then there's this coach who loses his, his basketball team, and his identity is wrapped up in we're going we're gonna to win the state championship. And stuff happens in the town, and the... Uh, the industry goes away, and the school gets smaller, and they have to quit. You know, a bunch of th- uh, teams in the in the um, on the sports sporting events, and so he's he's a great coach with no team, with with nobody to to coach, 
And that's when he meets Hannah, this young girl. And so I am asking questions all the time as I'm watching the movie. Why does she have that up there on her wall in her bedroom? What, what has he got around his neck? You know, what is this relationship to the whistle that he has? I get to ask all those questions and then plumb the depths along with, you know, mainly Alex Kendrick, who helps me keep me on the rails. I get to ask those questions and, and write about that with the backstory as well as what's going on that you see on the screen. We interviewed the, the author that wrote Woodlawn, and we interviewed the author that wrote same kind of difference as me. And, you know, so you always got these people who say, well, the book was so much better than the movie. So I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see when we see the movie to say, okay, what, which one did you think was better? But obviously, <laughs> if, you're, if you're inserting a bunch more stuff, uh, it will probably still come across saying, well, I like the book better, you know? Well, I hope so. I hope what you get is a, you know, when you're watching a movie, what happens is they do all the work for you. The Kendricks, and I was down there uh, when they were filming the scene that opens the, the movie. They had a drone shot that goes across the, the landscape and goes into the gymnasium and goes down to the court, and so it's a continuous one-shot with the coach having the conference with the team members as they're looking at the clock. I mean, it's just a fantastic thing. So when that happens on the screen, you, you watch that, you're into it, but you don't have to picture anything. It's all done for you. When I, when I write, all I have is words, and the only way that I can paint the picture for you is to call the story out to you. So in a sense, I think that reading, um, you bring a lot to the story as you read because you think, oh, well, it would look like this, or, and that character would look like that. And then you go into the film and you say, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I, that, that's kind of how I pictured it right there. But the, the, the beauty of the book is that I can, everything that's in the movie basically is in the book, but there are things that aren't in the film that I'm, for example, the, the book starts a little earlier in time and a huge loss for a couple of the characters and shows you what happened 15 years before this story starts uh, on day one with the film. So I'm able to do that with the uh, Kendrick's blessing and, and give you a, a, a fuller, a picture of the whole story that's going on. So, and you've written quite a few novels that um, some of them I've never even heard of, but I was going through and I didn't realize I was going, wow, I mean, you've written a lot. Yeah, like I said, you know, nine kids and they're hungry, so you <laughs> you have to you have to stay busy. This uh, this is my 81st published book. Overcomer is book number 81. So I got the writing bug early as a as a kid and didn't think that I could do it. I actually didn't have my first book published until I was in my 30s. But I've been on uh, on kind of a, a book path treadmill for a, a few years now. What is your youngest child right now? He is just turned 18. So we have from 34 down to 18 and everything in between. No... No doubles or triples in there. They're all just uh, single births. Wow. That's quite a family. Well, Julie, did you want to ask yeah, a question? Um, I had a question. How did you ever get into the novelization? How, how was that presented to you hmm. and came across your, your path? Well, 
I had done a couple of others. You know, I did War Room with Kendricks, and then I, I did a, a book called The Song, which was a novelization of the of same film in the same title. And basically, it is people, you know, different disciplines of of doing a film or a film script and do and writing a novel. And so I have done so much along those lines. And there was actually, uh, the answer to that question is a lady named Brenda. (laughs) Brenda is a prayer warrior. She is part of the prayer team with the Kendricks. And she had read some of my novels. And I think she suggested it to Alex and Stephen and Shannon that, hey, he would do a really good job with this story. Why don't you give him a try? So I think it was that was why I was uh, tapped to do this or asked to do this at the start. But it is, uh, you know, writing a film script is, is a wildly different thing than writing a novel. It takes a, a different uh, discipline. Some can do both. I'm not good enough to do that. I stick with the written word and to put it down to be able to tell that story. And uh, so they came to me, the Kendrick brothers, and said, would you, would you consider doing this? And uh, we did it in, a, in an interesting way. Usually when I write a novel on my own, I start with page one and I go all the way to the end. I just kind of get it, everything out of me that I get out. And then I go back and I, I look at what worked and what didn't work. I clean it up. I edit it. With the Kendrick story, because everything is laid out there, I start with chapter one. I write that. I finish it. I send it to Alex. I start on chapter two. I get chapter one back with the notes, hey, this worked, this didn't work, why don't you do this? I do those edits, and then by that time I'm done with chapter two, I send chapter two. So basically by the time I finish the book, finish writing the book, I've got the the first draft already edited by the Kendricks, and then I can go back through it and, and uh, make it, you know, clean it up even more. So it's a pretty streamlined process Again, because they've already made all the hard decisions. Tell us a little bit about uh, your testimony with planning on being a missionary, it sounds like, because both, both you and your wife graduated from Moody Bible Institute? Actually, no. My, I graduated from um, uh, Marshall University in 1983. Uh, my wife, Andrea, is four years older than I am. She graduated from the University of Virginia, and we both had this feeling that uh, somebody else could do the news reports and, and uh, the, the stuff that we were doing, radio and TV news that we were doing in the little town that we lived in. We just felt like we were called to more, and missions seemed to be what we were being led to. So I went to Moody and studied for a year. She went to Moody part-time and worked to kind of put us through that for that year. And when we got to the end of that year, my professors were all saying, look, you've had this writing, you've had radio, you've had TV in your background. Do you think God can't use that? And I had basically kind of given that up. I thought that was, you know, lesser. And because of their uh, counsel to me, I kind of opened my heart to that. Well, you know, if you really want me to do something like this, I'll do it. I thought you were leading me away from it. And so I I went back toward that communication, I guess you'd have to say, and it led me to some really good places. You definitely have a great radio voice. Matter of fact, I was telling my wife, he's a lot more qualified than we are to do this uh, interview. Maybe <laughs> we should be letting him do it. Well, I, I love, I don't think you have to have a great voice to do radio. I think what you have to have is an inquisitive mind and you know want to know other, what what's going on with other people 
uh, some of the best people on radio that I've known have haven't had that you know the great deep voice. It's just they have a heart for other people, and I think that comes through on on the radio when you're listening to somebody, somebody who has empathy and compassion and and wants you know is excited about life and has questions of other people. I think that's what most people are looking for. And if you have a happen to have a good voice, that's great. You know, I mentioned Kirk Golf live in the morning. I would listen to him every morning at two because I, I do a lot of traveling and, uh, yeah, unfortunately, you know, when he left, I'm like, wait a minute, that's my show. What are you, what are you doing to me? That's a real loss, isn't it? When you find somebody you really connect with and then they're not there or they, you know, they kind of move on. I think for Kurt, I know Kurt and, and his life situation and where he was with his family and everything, it was kind of taking a toll doing those midnights, uh, you know, overnight hours was really taking a toll on him. So I think he's in a better place now uh, in Florida doing a morning show, having a lot of the, the daytime together with his, his family and being able to connect there. So um hopefully you'll you'll be uh, connecting with a a new overnight program here pretty soon. What else you got, Julie? Well, I just wanted to say that uh again, great author, love the book and uh I'm really looking forward to watching the movie. It opens tomorrow. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so, thank you for putting it down on paper. I feel like I already kind of, you know, I'm looking forward to what I see on screen now. Yes. Well, I think what you're going to experience is, uh, you know, you've read the book, but there is an exhilaration with the actors, especially Alex, who plays one of the main, the main coach character. I mean, he just brings everything to that. And then there's another character who's in the hospital. And I'm, I won't say anything more, but this character in the hospital is just gives us such an amazing performance. I couldn't even come close to touching what this actor does with the material. So I hope you really, really enjoy it. And I hope you walk out of the theater after seeing it or reading the book, asking the same questions that all of the characters ask, and that is, uh, who am I really? And what do I base my identity on? Am I going to believe what God says about me and act on that? Or am I going to compare myself with others and feel good one day, bad the next? Uh, there really is something about that identity uh, concept that, that runs throughout the whole film that we really hope will challenge believers as well as those who aren't Christians to consider who, who is God and what is my relationship to him. The book is released with? The book is out now and available, and so you can, wherever your books are sold, if there's not a bookstore in your area, it's online. Okay, fantastic. So the book's already out. Movie comes out tomorrow. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. My wife's already said we're going to go see it tomorrow. I said, okay, as soon as, I, as soon as I get back, I guess we'll start looking where we can go. Fantastic. Well, thank well, you Chris, so very much. Like she said, thank you so much, so very much. I, uh, I mean, I don't want to hold, hold you up, but uh, I do want to thank you for coming on. And like we said, we, we look forward to uh, people reading the book and look forward to seeing the movie. Well, fantastic. It's been great to get to meet you guys, and I hope we do it again. All right. Thank you so much, Chris. All right. God bless you. And that's a wrap.